to the Light Your Heart with Hope podcast. I'm Erin, here again with my mom, Jill. It's been a while. I know. I've I don't like it. it. I've, I've missed, missed this a lot. If you have been keeping up with us in season four, you know that we've been going through the 10 truths to anchor you in healing. But two weeks ago, at the beginning of October, we took a pause on that to reshare our mental health stories because it was Mental Illness Awareness Week. And then next week, we kind of got back on track with talking about the 10 things. However, I did that episode on my own. I actually did the last two episodes on my own. And so it's really going to be back together. Yes. And I love when you do, because I know that you're led by God right. to do those particular episodes on your own. And I always look forward to hearing what you have to say because you always encourage me, Erin. And I know that you encourage the listener. So thank you. Well, thank you for what you said. And I do hope and pray that anyone who listens is very much encouraged because as I'm sharing, I'm also encouraged. Well, and that's the thing. I listen to our podcast because I'm encouraged. Right, right. And um, I'm just so thankful that we get to share what we do and that it is encouraging. And I'm blessed every time I listen to our podcast, even though sometimes I listen to some of the podcasts like 10 times. <laughs> like, But I, I do that obviously not to hear our voices, but to hear what God is teaching through us and through his word. And I am always learning something new every time because I I believe that we do get to share a lot and there's so much abundance in what we share that you can listen to it over and over again and walk away even more encouraged than you were the first time. I agree. And I'm so excited to continue our conversation about the 10 truths to anchor you in healing. But I want to go through the first, you know, eight before we get into today's. And so, number one, speak the truth out loud. Number two, choose your heart. Number three, labels do not define you. Number four, we don't heal in isolation. Number five, let others be your vision until yours comes back into focus. Number six, feelings aren't facts. Number seven, you can't selectively numb. Number eight, you can't heal in hiding. And today we're talking about how God loves you and he won't change his mind. Before we dive into today, I want to share how this came about. And I was just going to ask you that. I'm like, where did you, because I love obviously the God loves you. And then you add the, but he won't change his mind part. Yeah. And so I was very curious as to where that came from. So I'm glad you're explaining it. It was actually, it came from a really close friend of mine who I was talking to her and I was just really struggling. And I felt like everything that I had done, every mistake I had made, every sin I had committed that, that disqualified me from God's love. And I remember just asking her and being like, I don't think that God can still love me. How can he love me? And I just remember her saying, God loves you and he won't change his mind. Amen. And it like, it changed me so much because I, I don't know what it was in that moment, but that's what I needed to hear because I had heard from you know, childhood growing up, like God loves you. It's just something you hear that I think we often take for granted. Right. And, but in that moment, that last part, and he won't change his mind. Mm. And something else that she said that I had written down because I wanted to be reminded of it was that he loves you not because you are lovable. He has set his love on you because he decided to, not because of anything you have done or will do. He decided to love us. It's really nothing that we have ever done or could ever do. 
And if we view God's love in that way, it takes the pressure off of us because then we don't believe that we have to earn God's love. Because the truth is we could never be enough to earn God's love. Right. Right. And the interesting thing about what you're saying is the fact that love can be so misconstrued and misunderstood based on what the world perceives love to be. I think as you go through life, and obviously we're in this world, and there are so many different understandings of what love is. And, you know, if love is not what it truly is, which is God is love, and we're going to talk about that. But, you know, the worldly understanding of love is dependent on if someone loves you back or Mm -hmm. how they feel. And you know what? People do change their mind. You mean the divorce rate is sky high. Well, you know, I'm not in love with her or him anymore. Well, that's ridiculous. So we kind of can base God's love on the way we are loved in this world through people and people are fallible and they don't have perfect love and they are not the definition of love. So it all depends, you know, on how you view what real love is. Well, and I think sometimes we determine how much we think God loves us based on our experience with human love. Right. Like is what I was saying. Right. I think growing up, Certain people, whether you grow up, I know people talk a lot about how someone who grows up without a father can Mm. look at God as our perfect heavenly father in the way they viewed their earthly father. And so I think growing up for anyone listening, I mean, for all of us, I think that we grow and we learn love as we're growing up, but we base it a lot off of the people in our lives. And the truth is, is we don't have perfect love. We are perfect love. Christ is the perfect love in us if we are believers in Christ, but still we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where love is conditional, right? God's love is unconditional. And so I think that if we look to God's love and his love for us, that we are able to love people as a result of his love for us. And let's talk about that. I have a verse that I want to share that is long. (laughs) So buckle up, but it is so worth sharing and it will help us to understand what God's love actually is. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. I love when it's, you know, it's kind of like, this is the word of God that I'm reading. He's like, this is love. Okay. So here it is. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, We also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God's love lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And then I'm going to go down a few more verses. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. We love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. All this is from 1 John 4, 
seven through 19. Like I said, it's a lot, but you know what I, there's so much to take away from that so much. And so I suggest to go and read it yourself and spend time just in this chapter in first John, again, it's first John four, seven through 19. And one of the main takeaways for me in this, which there's so much, but is that God is love. Yeah. Like he is the definition of love. God is love. God is the creator, the source, the provider, the perfecter, the sustainer of love. It's who he is. Right. He cannot be anything other than love. Absolutely. He cannot be anything other than love. I love that. It's his character. It's who he is. And because he is love, there is nothing you or I can do that would ever change his love for us. He has not changed his mind about us. I love that so much because when I'm in a circumstance where I am just feeling like I can't love myself, Mm. how how am I supposed to love this person, me, who feels like they're failing every single day and making mistakes? And you know what? When I turn my gaze to love himself, I can know that he doesn't change his mind about me. No matter what I think about myself, his mind has never changed about me. And again, like we said, you know, a little bit ago is the world has a selfish love and it's shallow, Mm, right? And it's based on circumstances or how you feel in any given moment, but that's not God's love. It's not. And God is the definition of love. Love is why God creates. And it's why he sent his son to die for us. Exactly. To give his life for us because he loved us so much. And I think sometimes we think that love is conditional and that love is performance-based, that we have to work for love. But why would Christ die on the cross if we had to work for love? Right. If we he had to every, work right. for his love. And something that I've reminded myself is that God's love for me is not based on my performance, but mm. on Christ's performance on the cross. And that covers it all. Amen. Wow. That's so powerful. Oh my goodness. Yes. And love is why it's why God creates. It's why he cares. It's why he corrects Right. and disciplines. I mean, part of God's love is discipline. I think of being a parent, you know, like we discipline our children and correct them because we love them. Right. You know, it's like, if you see a child going to do something that you know is going to hurt them, you stop them and you correct them. I mean, that's why God has given us his word because it's filled with the boundaries that God has created to, because he loves us and to protect us. And, you know, it's love is why God forgives and why he forgets. Let me say that again. Love is why God forgives and why he forgets. You know, and when you say the word forget, well, how can God forget anything while he chooses to forget our sin based on the love that he has for his son who came here for us to show us that perfect love. Mm -hmm. There's two verses that I love um, in regard to this. And one is in Jeremiah, it's Jeremiah 31, 34. And it says, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. God doesn't just forgive, he chooses not to remember. And then in mm-hmm. Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. For his own sake, God does that right. for him because he loves us and because he is love. And for his own sake, he right. chooses to forgive and forget. I think what you're talking about in terms of God forgiving us and forgetting what we've done is so powerful because as humans, 
we tend to one, not forget what other people have done to us. Right. And we don't forget what we've done. And that is so detrimental because it's the opposite of God's love. Right. That is not how God treats us. That is not God's love. It's that earthly conditional love. Right. And that's why it's so important to forgive others because of how detrimental it is to us. And God knows that. And that's why throughout his word, he talks about forgiveness. Mm, Yeah. I want to talk about the won't change his mind part because that is so powerful. And I love that you added that to this truth to anchor you in healing. There's a portion of scripture in the book of Romans that I love that I want to share. It's Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I love that. I love that verse. He won't change his mind. Right. God's love is abundant. It's always enough. It's eternal. It endures forever. It is unfailing. It never ends. And that is why God loves you. And he won't change his mind. I also want to read the portion at the bottom of where this is written in the word of God. I have the life application Bible. So it has a portion where it explains or further talks about the verses. So I just want to share this because it's so powerful. It says, these verses contain one of the most comforting passages in all scripture. Believers have always had to face hardships in many forms. These could cause them to fear that they have been abandoned by God. But Paul explains and exclaims that it is impossible to be separated from Christ. His death for us is proof of his un conquerable and unconditional love. Nothing can stop Christ's consistent and constant presence with us. God tells us how great his love is so that we will feel totally secure in him. If we believe these overwhelming assurances, we will not be afraid. Amen. That is what God's love does for us. It is secure. Mm. It is safe in him and his love. We have nothing to fear. Amen. We have nothing to worry about. And yes, we live in this world where there's so much to worry about. But if we take that fear and the pain and all of it to God, and we entrust our pain with his love, it changes everything. Right. And perfect love casts casts out out all fear. fear. God's love is abundant. It's eternal. It's always enough. It never, ever ends. It's unfailing. And that's why God loves you and he won't change his mind. Amen. I want to talk to the person listening who is maybe questioning God's love at all and saying, if God loves me, then why is he allowing pain in my life? Mm. If God loves me, why is he allowing this to happen? Why are these tragedies happening in the world? And I just want to really tough thing to talk about. Yeah, it is because I've been there. 
Right. I've questioned God's love for me too. Not, I mean, yes, because of mistakes that I have made that I've questioned God's love, like how could he love me? But I've also questioned his love and circumstances in my own life where I've said, God, if you love me, why are you allowing this to happen? Yeah. Been there. I totally, I I get it. Yep. And so I just want to speak from personal experience that there was a time in my life where pain was happening all around me. People that I loved were hurting. And as a result, I was hurting because let's just be honest, when you love someone, Mm. you hurt with them. Right. It's impossible not to hurt when someone you love is hurting. Right. And so I just remember taking my pain and my sorrow to God. And I realized in it that part of me was thankful for the pain. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, how can you be thankful for pain? Because trust me, there's pain that's happened in my life that I'm still not thankful for. And I believe that that's okay. But there was a season in my life where I said, God, thank you for entrusting me with great pain because through it, I have come to know your great love. Mm, And I believe that oftentimes it is through our greatest pain that we see God's greatest love for us. Because the truth is, is that no matter what we're facing, his love remains and that he meets us in our suffering. One of my favorite authors, Anne Voskamp, in one of her books, she says that he suffers with us. Right. I love that so much because if we know that God suffers with us, we suffer differently. Right. We suffer from a place of of love and of safety and security because right. we know that he meets us there and he promises to carry us through. And it's all wrapped up in his love. Right. Literally everything that we experience, all that we see, all that we don't see, everything that we don't understand, all of the pain, all of the trials, all of the devastation. I mean, it's all wrapped up into a greater, perfect, loving story that God has already written Yeah, that we get to be a part of one day at a time until the culmination of time as we know it, until the end of all things. Like God has this figured out. Right. And trusting him because of his love, because he is love, is where we will find peace and hope and joy in the midst of the things we just don't understand. And we ultimately probably never will. Yeah. And I think that when we are doubting God's love for us, the place that we need to look is the cross. Yeah. Because ultimately Christ died on the cross because he loves us so much and because he wants to be with us. One, he created us because he loved us. He loves us so much. He decided that we were worth loving. And that is why he created us. And that's also why he died for us. And I remember just thinking to myself when I was struggling and wrestling with God's love was that if God laid down his life for us before I even took my first breath, right? If God said, Jesus, I'm going to send you to earth because I love Aaron so much Hmm. that I want her to be with me forever. Then who am I to think that his love for me has changed? Right. Because of anything I've done. Right. I mean, he knew, Jesus knew that I would sin, that I would not be perfect. And yet he still chose to come and to die because he loved me that much. So who are we? And he won't change his mind. And he won't change his (laughs) mind. So who are we to think that? God's love for us has changed in any way if he chose to love us before we took our first breath. And so I encourage the listener, um, you know, all the things that we've shared, there's so much more. I mean, we, we could talk about this and never run out of things to talk about in regard to the love of God. 
Um, but again, you know, and Aaron touched on this, uh, if you are feeling unloved, then maybe you have based your love on a worldly love that isn't really love at all. And that, you know, there is a greater love, the love that we have talked about throughout this entire episode, and that is God's love. And it is real, it is powerful, and it changes everything. Amen. I want to end before I have you pray, mom. Oh, how about you pray? (laughs) You're going to pray. Okay. But I just want to end with this quote by Ann Voskamp. She says, love looks you straight in the eyes and says, I know where you are most ashamed, most afraid, most alone, and nothing could ever make me walk away. Oh, can you say that again? Love looks you straight in the eyes and says, I know where you are most ashamed, most afraid, most alone. And nothing could ever make me walk away. Oh, I love that so much. We should, we should like make, like put that on something and put it somewhere so we can see that often. I would love to do that. Yeah. I need to be reminded of that daily. So do I. Yeah. I love that. Will you pray for us? Yes. Heavenly father, thank you so much for your love. It would be impossible for us to get to the end of all that your love is. It is immeasurably more than anything we could ever understand, ask, imagine. Lord, it is endless and eternal. It is perfect. Thank you so much that you love us so much that you would send Jesus here for us to love us and to show us what real love is. Lord, help us to know you and know your love more and more and more. Lord, help us to know your love so that we can love others the way you want us to love them. And Lord, again, please help us to know and trust in your immeasurable love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.